Welcome to the Contagious Victories podcast. Each week, we talk inspiration, explore possibilities, and share insights from creative perspectives. I'm Tori Blackman, and I'm here to remind you that your purpose in life is to celebrate the victories, because victories are contagious. thank Morgan Linnett, the graphic designer and creative force behind the new Contagious Victories thumbnail and logo. Check out more of Morgan's work by following her on Instagram at morglin underscore made this. That's M-O-R-G-L-I-N-N underscore made this. Hello and welcome back to the Contagious Victories podcast. You made it. I made it. This is season two. The Contagious Victories podcast is a space for hope and spiritual courage in rejoicing in the real to find fulfillment. I'm Victoria, or Tori for short. You can call me either. I'm a creative, and I imagine you are too. In some way, we are all creators. I'm a creative content producer and digital creator, and I currently hold a job at my local TV station. But that's not all I do. My partner Dylan and I, who is also my boyfriend, (laughs) We also own a production company called Cacti Palm Productions. Cacti Palm specializes in drone photography for local realtors and also creative photography and production. If that is a service that you think you need and you live here along the Gulf Coast, then visit Cacti Palm Productions to find more information about what we do. In addition to working hard in the media and for my own production company, I also have hobbies of my own, including this podcast. It is my hope that the Contagious Victories podcast is a space for creative like minds to come together, for it to be a light on your world, and for it to share inspiration so that we can all take aligned action towards our dreams. So what creative projects have you been working on? Have you heard any great stories lately that offer positivity or insight or motivation? Here's something spectacular that I came across on goodnewsnetwork.org. Apparently, a dedicated wildlife photographer has spent the last three years taking stunning photographs of these beautiful butterflies. And when COVID-19 happened and the lockdown took place, he did not let it stop him. He even took some of his photos from the backyard of his house. Now, even though these photos are amazing, they weren't just pretty to look at. His work also helped to detail 17 species throughout the three-year study. His name is Andrew Fusek Peters, and he captured the series of colorful photos after studying the behavior of butterflies starting back in 2017. He lives in the British countryside, and he's taken incredible photographs of 17 different species taking off in full flight from flower to flower. According to the article on goodnewsnetwork.org, Andrew has taken over 150,000 frames all in order to achieve this unique collection of images. He believes he is the first person to shoot such a variety of butterfly species. I feel like this is worth appreciating because I don't know if you've ever tried to take a picture of a butterfly, but it's not that easy. In fact, the butterflies are pretty sensitive and can kind of feel you approaching whenever you start to take your your camera out. And anyway, totally respect what this man's doing. I just thought that was so inspiring and I just had to share it with you. I'm looking at these photos right now and they are gorgeous. These butterflies are my favorite color, serenity blue, (laughs) which I have officially deemed the official color of the Contagious Victories podcast. Go read this article on goodnewsnetwork.org so that you can see the color for yourself. Andrew's hard work is a victory and deserves appreciation, so check out the show notes when you have a free chance. That's where I'll provide the link for this victory story. 
So I know I need to address the fact that I said I was coming back in September, but wow, what a month it has been. Between hurricanes and going out of town, it just didn't happen. Nonetheless, I am still feeling so pumped up right now for season two. Wherever or whenever you are listening to this episode, it is my wish that you and your loved ones are staying well, keeping healthy, and able to truly enjoy life. If this is your first time tuning into the Contagious Victory Show, welcome to the community. I always provide a meditation or an affirmation segment, and I've been asking my listeners, and they also recommended that I start adding poetry into this segment as well. So keep an eye out on that for season two, but um, I always provide a little segment that just takes, takes up space in a good way and allows us to to meditate on some positive things, some good thoughts, so that we can re-inspire ourselves and rewire our thought process with some good juice, some good thoughts, some good affirmations. So I'm going to use this time right now to do that. If you are driving, I don't want you to listen to this right now because it might have kind of like a hypnotic effect on you. I mean, I don't know who's to say. So hit that fast forward or that little fast forward button. You have my permission right now to do so. You can come back and listen to the segment when you have some time to kind of just sit in a still place. So go ahead and do that. If you're not driving and you're here with me, just sitting here right now, then I invite you to get still, get into a comfortable position, close your eyes, Let's just find some peace and calm for just a moment. It's okay for us to relax. Sit up straight, roll the shoulders back. Breathe. Repeat these affirmations after me. I truly love life. I continue to show up from a place of honesty. I am confident that miraculous things happen. thankful and I believe God is good. I believe in my ability to show up and communicate efficiently when I do. People share their happiness with me. All is well.
My mind is clear. My body is healthy. And my heart is open and pure. Open your eyes if they've been closed and take in your surroundings. When we create space for silence, it's actually healthy for us. When we realign with our core values, it creates purpose for us. That's what I love about meditations and affirmations. Continue to sit up straight and breathe. And remember that self-care is really good and taking a few minutes to relax and think good thoughts is healthy for you. I really love this space that we've created here together. I hope that you enjoyed that meditation and that you believe all of those statements as you say them because changing your mindset really is life-changing and that's the whole reason I wanted to put this podcast together. I'm so excited to be joined here today with my partner Dylan, my boyfriend of five years. Hey everybody, it's great to be back on the show. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so glad you're here and we're here to talk about a little victory that we've had recently. Not little. It was, it was a pretty big victory. It's our Arizona trip. And our Arizona trip. It was such a blast. It really was. We almost didn't even get to go. We didn't. The airports were closed and the power was down. Why was all that happening? And we got hit by a hurricane. <laughs> we got hit by <laughs> <laughs> Hurricane it, Sally. Luckily, all of our family and friends were okay, and their houses were fine, except for a couple down trees. Yeah. The Gulf uh, Coast took a hit, though. We are very blessed in that aspect, but a lot of people uh, had a lot of damage to their house. Um, mm. Tori, your mom lost her boat. She lost her boat. Her boat sank. Yeah, that's It crazy. was at the Pensacola uh, Pier over in Florida. And Gulf Shores, where we live, was the direct hit, or the direct eye of the storm. Mm. And uh, it was the direct center of the, the storm. And Mobile, my hometown, got a really bad 
uh, wall of it. So anyways, it wasn't a good situation. Anyway. We almost didn't go on our Arizona trip. We were checking the airport websites, and luckily they said things were going to be open. So we were packed up, and we headed out and got there super early. Yeah, but before that, I do want to touch on my little hummingbird story. Okay. Okay, so before that, you know, all the power was out. The airport was closed all week, and we were sitting outside, and suddenly the AC down downstairs, the box, the AC started to spin. And since power had been out, we'd been sitting outside just like trying not to die <laughs> because it was so hot, and it's muggy, and it's just gross down here at the beach when the power goes out. And anyway, the AC starts to spin, so I run downstairs, and I'm like skipping. Dylan, do you remember that? We were ecstatic, and Tori was, she was skipping. <laughs> she was fluttering down. I was, I was. And I just was so excited that the power had just, put, like, spiked back on for just a second because the AC wasn't spinning anymore when I got downstairs. But I had, you know, I had good vibes. I knew it was coming. If if it was spinning just a little bit, that meant that those hardworking linemen were busy at work and that they were trying their best to get the power to come back on. So I'm sitting there, you go upstairs, and suddenly two hummingbirds just come around me out of nowhere. And I think it's because there's a lemon tree downstairs in our backyard, and it's so beautiful. It tracks birds from all different areas. I knew when I saw that those hummingbirds, that was a good sign. So We're outside on the porch, and we're just kind of watching the sunset, and people start running outside of their house and start hooting and hollering and shouting and all of a sudden uh i just say tori i didn't know what was happening so i ducked (laughs) we realized it was everybody rejoicing and celebrating that the power had kicked back on the power had come back on this time it was for good we got to pack we checked the website our ac kicked back on which was super nice you kind of forget about things and you don't necessarily take it for granted but you just don't you don't realize how good you have it you totally take it for granted yeah yeah (laughs) And it's just nice to be blessed. It is. It's really nice to have power and AC. We, you know, almost didn't get to go on our trip. I've said that like a thousand times. But we eventually checked the website and got to go because the Pensacola International Airport opened back up again the day our flight was scheduled to go out. It had been pushed back an hour, which was totally cool with us. But with all the fallen trees and stuff, you know, we weren't sure that we were going to be able to go. The airport had been closed all week. It worked out uh, to be in our favor, and we actually got to leave an hour later and get there an hour earlier. Which makes no sense. Which makes no sense, <laughs> but between the layovers and whatnot, it, it just was the way that things worked out. And thank you, Randy, my uh, stepdad, that yeah. picked us up and took us to the airport super early that morning. It was uh, a fun drive. I really pu- appreciate that. and It was it was fun. It was fun. We got there, and guess what? I'm sitting in the airport. We're waiting for our flight to go out. I'm at the gate or the terminal or whatever. And a lady walks by, and she has a beautiful tattoo. Guess what the tattoo is? It gets my attention. It's a hummingbird. It's a hummingbird. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And I told Dylan, I was like, that's crazy. Like, another symbol of a hummingbird. And I've already talked about hummingbirds on this podcast before. It was just a, a good omen that kept following us the whole trip. So then we leave, we get there, we fly into Phoenix. Yep. We stay there for a couple of nights. Huge cacti everywhere. Oh my God, they're we, beautiful. We uh, loved it. 
they were anywhere from four feet like high to like 40, 40 feet. feet high. Never seen so many arms on a cactus before. I thought, you know, there might be like two or three or maybe four arms. No, some have like eight to 12, 12 arms. You know, and they live to 200 years old. It was really neat. What are they called? Swaros. It was amazing. Arizona was beautiful. We went and saw the Grand Canyon, but all that came later. So, okay, so we're in Phoenix. We went and we saw the Swaros. We stayed at the Scott Resort. We ate a great, great meal. It was like an oasis, basically. They had like a little oasis was that a... was like a beautiful like pool and spa. And then we traveled to Sedona, which was by far the most amazing city I've ever been to. I miss it so much. I want to go back. <laughs> I do too. I felt like home. I know it that did. sounds crazy. Sedona was unlike anywhere else I've ever experienced. It was this just beautiful little mountain town and it had anything from psychic readings to pictures of your aura to jeep tours through the mountains and it was so much to do that we've got to go back yeah it was so cute it was a cute little mountain town sedona was actually named after one of the daughters of the founders of the city and it means created name yeah, the mom just said that she thought the name sounded pretty. Sedona. It's been Sedona ever since. It's a gorgeous city. Okay, so we got to Sedona on a Tuesday, and what did we do, Dylan? Well, Tuesday, we had to go hiking. We just had to get out and see those gorgeous red rocks. So we went over to Bell Rock found a good trail, and we started hiking up the mountain. We did, and we got lost a little bit, didn't we? We, I wouldn't say too lost. We got off the beaten path for just a quick second, but uh, we eventually (laughs) found our way back, and we found some good views off the, the trail, so I think that was okay. Yeah, and we met our new friend. Remember Holly from Maryland? I do remember Holly. She was nice. We wouldn't have met her if we wouldn't have... If we would have stayed on trail. We weren't the only ones to... Uh, veer off. To veer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then... Uh, okay, so Wednesday, we went shopping. We went shopping at Tlacopake, and uh, we definitely saw some cool stuff there. What do you think? Yeah, it was like the art and the soul of Sedona, for sure. So we had some super good tea at the chai spot. What uh, flavor did you have, V? Do you remember? Oh, I think I had the original because I remember her mom. She said that her mom made it. It was the original recipe that her mom had passed down or something like that. Mm, I got, uh, mine was like orange. It was really sweet. I can't remember what it was called. Um, Those colors in that shop were so beautiful. They had tapestries everywhere, lining the walls, lining the outdoor area. There were bright colored pillows and just intricate like mandala patterns everywhere in these bright fluorescent colors. Fuchsias, greens, yellows, Definitely pinks. some eye-catching textures and, uh, as you were saying, patterns and, and colors. And the smell of that chai tea. Oh, man. It just it wafted through the entire shopping village. It was beautiful. And it, it really just really it added so an aroma. And then the statues in that in that little village... First of all, the village was, or not village, it was a shopping village, but it was designed after a Mexican village, right? I believe so, correct. But it had all different cultures in it, like Greek and even Asian culture. Uh, there were some well. like 
Renaissance Christian chapel-y influences as well. Definitely some Spanish kind of culture and that what whatnot. What did we end up buying from there, Dylan? Do you remember? We got two candles. There was a candle that shop. Were, uh, these wax balls that are carved into these different designs and patterns. And I got one for my mom. We got one for Tori and us. And we still haven't lit it yet. We uh, want to save it. But the cool thing about the candle is only the inside burns. So you can put another candle down in it. And it's just a candle holder. Also, those candles, they glow. So it's not just that they illuminate with fire, but they also glow this weird... How do you explain it? I don't even know how to explain it. You see the flame on the inside of the the ball, so it kind of just looks like an orb of light floating, which is kind of neat. And it illuminates the picture that the man carves out. So ours has like a coyote and a mountain on it. It definitely reminds us of Sedona. Or like a wolf, yeah. It definitely does. So that was fun. That was Wednesday. Thursday. Ooh, Thursday. Thursday, we went and saw the Grand Canyon. How was it to see your first natural wonder of the world? It was amazing and wondrous. In fact, I have a video of it on my Facebook. I'll have to share it in the Contagious Victories group because uh, th- we caught it on camera. We caught my, my You've expression. you got to see her face. <laughs> it's so funny. It was such a good idea so to record cute. that. It was. It was a great memory to have. We even saw some uh, mountain goats oh, uh, yeah. having lunch on the side of the cliff. Like it was no big deal. They were just chilling. But uh, they obviously knew what they were doing. Yeah, these two mountain goats. I can't believe I spotted them. I can't either. They were way down there. And Tori's like, oh, yeah, do you see the goats? I was like, first of all, I have to admit. That? Okay, you've pointed out to me before, even before we went on our trip, that I have a really good ability to see animals like in the dark or just out and about in nature like I recognize patterns really well and I can see them I can spot animals in a distance I think I was a observant (laughs) I think I was like a warrior like hunter in my last life (laughs) maybe not a warrior I don't know where that came in but evil that's not an eagle oh (laughs) I was like that's not evil maybe a little evil too don't use it anyways so we're like all just hanging out there's not like bunches of crowds but you know it's the Grand Canyon it's a pretty it's a natural wonder of the world, so there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people naturally curious and attracted to the spot. So anyways, we're on our vacation. People are all kind of just gazing out into the canyon. And out of nowhere, I just tell Dylan, hey, there's two goats or whatever. And it kind of draws a crowd. Like, people are like, what? Goats? Where? And so Dylan has his camera, and he uses the scope and his gigantic lens to zoom in and capture a picture of these two little goats grazing on the side of the Grand Canyon, these mountain goats. And then he shows everyone the picture so that they can see where to look. So it was kind of like a cool thing. It was really neat because it's the desert. You really don't get to see too much wildlife in that part. You'll see a bunch of squirrels and little chipmunks and uh, that was cute. even some lizards or the uh, condors, which are really neat. The California condor was soaring above us. But uh, as far as bigger kind of mammals go, uh, the goats are a little more spread. So we felt kind of lucky to spot one. And the California condor is a big bird. And what's recognizable about that is that it has this white stripe, I think, on the side. It's either a stripe or a, a spot. But that's how you recognize it. And its wingspan's pretty big. I mean, you can definitely recognize it when it's flying above you. Yeah, it was definitely a huge bird. 
So as we sit here, I think it's also worth noting that I'm using my Sedona cup with all of its cactuses and mm -hmm. I'm using my coffee cup. That's what I meant. Got a little cacti with pink blossoms on them. It's so cute. And it reminds me of the trip. So, okay, so Friday. So Friday we went wine tasting and we spent some time at the pool hanging out, just kind of enjoying the resort. Yeah, earlier in the day we hit up the hot tub and... Just hung out at the pool, and then later we went wine tasting, and oh my goodness, do you remember that view of the mountains and then the moon rising over the mountains? It was beautiful. It's not even the word. It was just breathtaking. There was like a pink tint to it, and I just remember the red rocks, and we tasted the wine. sun was setting. What was my favorite kind of wine? I think it was the Ferdinand. I think so. We went and had a wine tasting at 1912. What do you call a wine distillery? A vineyard? I don't know. They, no, that's where they grow the grapes. But it was local Arizona wine, which was really neat. Call it a wine bar, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, we're going to sound like chumps. Probably <laughs> Amateurs. So. But it was the first time I'd ever gone wine tasting, and it was really good. I'm definitely a red. Me too, for sure. And Dylan and I always like to play this game where we play Guess Who whenever we're out at like restaurants and stuff, and we played Guess Who the entire time that we were wine tasting. And it's basically where we do this little celebrity guessing game where we're like, I'm thinking of a person. <laughs> Anyways, it always keeps us busy. It's always something fun. You come up with some interesting characters. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as the night progressed, we got more and more tipsy. And then we ended up going to get some really good Mexican food. And uh, we went shopping and you bought me a book about fairies. And I had a prickly pear margarita. And what's so, so good. Yeah, like what is so significant about the prickly pear? It's just a cactus that uh, grows out there. I'm not sure where they harvested the prickly pear from, but it would be cool if it was from Sedona. I'm sure it was. And it was a cactus because like margaritas aren't typically made out of cactuses, are they? I would say not. So that's interesting. It was something unique to where we were. Exactly. Which is what it's all about. So Saturday, we, we went hiking again over at Cathedral Rock. It was really mentally and physically and spiritually challenging. I mean, we really had to learn how to take care of ourselves. And, you know, we focused on how to listen to our body. You're right. We had to listen to our bodies and uh, really keep our minds focused on the trail and moving forward and also pacing ourselves and taking time to take a break and hydrate. Also, it was nice to meditate on the side of the mountain. It was beautiful, though. We had to have our plan and listen to each other and, like, really trust one another. But it was so worth it. We learned a lot when we were on that last little hiking trail that final day in Sedona. And Cathedral Rock was the most beautiful one that I felt like we could have experienced. could definitely feel the vortex energy. Oh, yeah, it the was, vortexes. It, it was just something kind of like a light airy kind of feeling I, I don't know how would you describe it be well they say that the red rocks of sedona has the spiritual energy that calls people from all over the world to them and so i think that the vortex kind of feels like this pooling that you feel and then when you kind of get there it's this light and airy feeling that's almost like just this wholeness do some people say it comes from all of the iron in the sand causes gps signals to even kind of act a little funky and go haywire sometimes would you think maybe that magnetic energy might kind of, I guess, be what's to play? You know, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. I have no idea. But they do claim that there's these vortexes there. And, um, I mean, from what I've looked up, 
I think that the iron has something to do with it. I think that the geographical locations of where they're located on like the ley lines of the earth mm, yeah. have something to do with it. I think that the points that they make and how they're pointed structures that are kind of set into a triangular pattern with one another so that you have like Bell Rock, you have Cathedral Rock, you have the Airport Mesa Rock, and they're kind of like these like pyramid structures kind of, you know, right, not they, really, but they're natural. They but are big towering uh, rock formations monoliths yeah like rock formation that yeah resemble like monoliths you're right so i mean i don't know but i think that that might have something to do with it so you just kind of have to trust the universe and trust scientists and trust the people who live there these vortexes they (laughs) are there you know like and i I did feel them so i can account for that and we did that saturday so that was kind of like the final last big hurrah and it was fun we got to the top we got to the top it was truly an achievement I was really proud of Tori. She's Aww. never really been hiking to this extent up a mountain. You're so right. So she really did a good job for her first time. <laughs> Thank you, Dee. It was a lot of fun. I, we had to trust each other. There were definitely a few spots that I was so thankful that you were patient with me on. We because... had to take our time. We had a lot of camera gear. We were hauling up to the top. Yeah. And uh, I think that was definitely challenging, too. We met some people at the bottom, and we got, you know, halfway up there, and there was this little shaded spot, this little tree. And I'm not even kidding. Like, half the battle is how hot it is. And you're on these red mountains, these red rocks, and the heat coming from the rock below you, the sun coming down on you, it's hard. Like, it's hard to face the heat. So when we got halfway up there, there was a shaded spot. This little tree was cast in shade, and we literally just, like, camped there for, like, two hours. And the people that we met (laughs) at the bottom, (laughs) they continued on to the top and then they came back down and they were like oh did y'all go up to the top yet and we're like no we're just sitting here like enjoying the view we've got our camera gear that we're taking pictures with i've done a couple facebook lives comforting (laughs) seeing so many people on the trail go up and reach the top and come back down old young so it definitely made you feel like you could achieve it that it wasn't some impossible feat some parts it really is kind of like you better be on it or you could fall down this mountain (laughs) yeah you have to be careful but once we got up to the top we felt the vortex i did a little meditating some yoga we took some photos it was so much fun the reward was worth the risk for sure the view of the valley below we'll go back and see it again i hope so after cathedral rock we went over to a stupa explain what a stupa is v i mean i really don't know other than what i learned when i was there and what i learned a stupa was is a Buddhist prayer. Spiritual prayer ground. You're supposed to walk around this statue that is, I I guess, a home for Buddha or a monument for Buddha. Walk around it clockwise. And it has some representation of the universe and just peace. And I need to find out more about it because I don't know, but I do know I loved it and I felt very at peace there. It was a very serene space to be at. There were a lot of people praying. It's a sound bath going on, Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure if you're familiar with what a sound bath is. This spiritual healer was taking this, uh, what was it, a triangle or? It was a meditation bowl. Some other type of, oh, meditation bowl, that's right. Two meditation bowls. One at the feet and one at the head. Almost like a tuning fork kind of a sound. And it looked like a very interesting experience. Yeah, I have a little bit of video from it on my Facebook Live that I did. I'll have to share. But it was so wonderful. There was a path 
to peace that they created out of bricks that they had carved for certain people that they wanted to either memorate or uh, recognize or just have messages to people who saw the bricks. And so you saw this like pathway of messages that were positive, prayers, there were flags everywhere. And I just want to go back to that stupa. We'll see it again. All the roads leading to the stupa were named beautiful road names too, like Sunshine Road and Melody Lane and Harmony Drive. (laughs) (laughs) So I loved it. Then on the ride home the next morning, we're getting up to go to the airport and it's super early. And as the sun's rising and we're on our way back to Phoenix, we're watching the Swaros pass by. We're seeing the mountains in the distance. And all of the sudden, little hot air balloons start sprinkling throughout our view of the sky. So many. So many, like eight or nine hot air balloons start flying above us in the sky as we're heading to the airport. And we're like, can this trip get any better? Those hot air balloons were a surprise. It was the perfect send-off. As we went back home, it was like Dorothy and her hot air balloon. (laughs) (laughs) You're totally right. It was so amazing. It just made the whole trip feel so special, even up until the very last moment. But then at the very end, we were challenged. It was like the universe said, okay, here is all this goodness, this sweet, dreamy life goodness that's actually real. And now I'm going to test you. Even though we got up at 3.30 and left by 4.30, we had two hours once we got to the airport. Yep. We or actually once we dropped plenty our, of time. <laughs> once we dropped our car off, the shuttles were so packed with people that a lot of people ended up missing their flights. And guess who two of those people were? Us. But <laughs> wait a second. They were not packed with people. The line was packed. The Phoenix airport, this was my only complaint, They had the shuttles, you know, socially distanced because this is COVID and this is, you know, September 2020, whenever we were visiting Arizona. And they had the shuttles only allowing 10 passengers. So it was creating this huge holdup where we were all packed in together. They, you know, had us all in this huge line waiting to get on these buses. And when the buses came, only 10 people were allowed to get on them. Not even that. Mostly like eight plus our bags. So long story short, we missed our our flight. And so I was like, you know what? I'm stressing, I'm stressing, I'm stressing. And then I was like, don't stress, don't stress, don't stress. Let's just go with it. Who who cares? You know, whatever. Universe, we need to get home. That's our request. Please just have us, you know, get home. So what happens? We we just kind of go with the flow. We get up to the lady. We tell her that, you know, we missed our flight. They were really understanding. I guess they'd had this issue that day because it was a packed day for travel. They hooked us up with another flight. We had to do a little bit of sprinting, but (laughs) (laughs) we made it work and our bags ended up making it fine. So everything was just fine. Yeah. She was like, thank you all so much for being so understanding with us because we have 8,000 people traveling with us today. Normally there's 2,500 to 3,000. This was American Airlines. Shout out to them. No sponsorship. We just flew American and they were really nice. We are very grateful that they were and everything worked out. Grand Lamar Taylor and my mom all picked us up from the airport and it was all just hunky-dory. It was Shout all fine. Shout out to LT for picking us up. Thanks, LT. Yeah. What are our final thoughts, D? We learned resilience. Resilience. Don't be afraid to get out there, take a risk, and explore to see what you want to see. Life is what you make it. Life is short, as we've learned this year. 
you know, you have to take chances. You have to get out there. Pace yourself, but get out there. Don't let anything stop you from exploring. Go with the flow, especially, you know, all the way through. Then it's strong. Don't let anything stop you. And always be open to meeting new people because those characters are the people in your story. Yeah, we met a lot of interesting people. They were so nice. Sedona, everyone in Arizona we met was really nice. It's not just the South that has the Southern hospitality. Yeah, shout out to Arizona for being so accommodating. Thank you for welcoming us. If you are interested in visiting Arizona, we highly recommend it. And we will be back, Arizona and podcast listeners. Yeah, you can count on that. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to reach out to us, you can find both of us in the Contagious Victories Facebook group. If you are here, then you belong over there. So go join the group if you haven't already. You can also find us on Instagram. I'm once upon a underscore Tory. I'm at the Dylan Glass. Also, if you want to catch more of our Arizona adventures, check out Cacti Palm. That's C-A-C-T-I-P-A-L-M. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time, Contagious Victories listeners. Until then. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Contagious Victories podcast. If the show inspired you to share your own victory story, I'm here to tell you the world deserves to hear it. Submit it to me online at ToriBlackman.com. Review and subscribe if that feels right. Telling a friend about the show helps Contagious Victories to grow. Plus, we all appreciate a little sunshine. I'm Tori B. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you soon.